Thank you for listening to the Lake Murray Baptist Church podcast. Lake Murray Baptist Church is a Southern Baptist church located in Lexington, South Carolina. My name is David Sons, and I serve as the family and discipleship pastor here at the church, as well as the host of this podcast. Our hope is that this podcast would be a resource for our members who are seeking to live out their faith in Jesus Christ in their everyday lives. We want to use this platform to exalt Jesus and equip the members of Lake Murray to be the church where they live, work, and play. Welcome to this episode of the Lake Murray Baptist Church Podcast. Thanks for listening. Our guest today is Dr. Tom Schreiner. Dr. Schreiner is the Associate Dean of the School of Theology and a Professor of New Testament Interpretation and Biblical Theology at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. Dr. Schreiner is the author or editor of a number of books, including the Baker Exegetical Commentary on Romans, The King and His Beauty, A Biblical Theology of the Old and New Testaments, and an in-depth look at the theology of the Apostle Paul entitled Paul, Apostle of God's Glory in Christ. His most recent book, and the book we'll spend most of our time discussing today, is a small book entitled Spiritual Gifts, What They Are and Why They Matter. Dr. Schreiner is also a pastor elder at Clifton Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky. He is a leading New Testament scholar and one of the voices I respect most in Southern Baptist life. Dr. Schreiner, it is great to talk with you. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Well, David, it's, it's great to be with you today. Now, Dr. Schreiner, I know that you have written a great deal over the course of your ministry across a wide array of theological topics. Uh, I've benefited a great deal from your ministry and from your scholarship, and this book on spiritual gifts is no exception. And so as we begin this discussion, uh, would you mind kind of sharing with our listeners what led you to write a book on spiritual gifts? Yeah, I mean, this is kind of an interesting story. Um, so our, our preaching pastor, John Kimball, a couple of years ago, uh, he asked me uh, for our men's retreat. He said, hey, Tom, would you speak in our men's retreat? Would you, would you do spiritual gifts? And I said, mm, I don't want to do spiritual gifts. I want to do, I want to do it on prayer. Yeah. And he, and he, you know, he's really low key. And he said, yeah, okay. But then he said, but, but think about doing it on spiritual gifts anyway. <laughs> so I thought about it and prayed about it. And I decided, okay, I'll, I'll do that. And I, you know, I did a lot of preparation. I gave three, I think three, maybe four talks on, on it at the retreat. And then that was it. I was done with it. But my next door neighbor, who is also a professor at Southern Invoice, Oren Martin, so we're great friends. And Oren, we see all the time. And uh, Oren kept saying to me in the months after that, you ought to write that up. And I kept saying to him, no, I don't want to write that up. I go, I don't want to write a book on spiritual gifts. I, I said, actually, I'm a little bit afraid that everything else I ever did would be, everybody would just know I wrote this book on spiritual gifts and categorize me. And I said, I, I don't know if I want to do that. But, you know, it's, you know, God uses other people and that voice in my head. I mean, one day I just said, you know what? I can write this quick. I mean, it, it's based on these. I did a lot of research, but it's based on these talks. I'm, I want to write a non-technical, accessible book. And so, yeah, that's, I ended up writing it. And the rest is history. Yeah. 
Well, I'm certainly glad for those voices. I've benefited, and I know uh, I talked to you before we began. Our church has benefited from this book as well. And uh, in my experience in ministry, spiritual gifts are always something that it seems like folks in the church are interested in, but oftentimes there's a great deal of confusion over exactly what constitutes a spiritual gift. I've heard folks confuse spiritual gifts with the fruit of the Spirit and so on and so forth. And so how would you define spiritual gifts from, from the Scriptures? Yeah, well, I mean, I would say, uh, uh, you know, Paul himself says, 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it's, it's a manifestation of the Spirit, but it's still different from the fruit of the Spirit, a manifestation of the Spirit, a, a gift of the Spirit, and he uses the word gift, right, and then spiritual, it's something given to us, and it's spiritual, and it's designed so uh, for the edification of the church, so a gift God gives us, uh, you could even use the word talent, although I don't love that word, but something like that that God gives uh, for the building up of the church. Yeah, and I think as critical as it is to define the idea of spiritual gift, it's equally as important to discern the purpose of the gift. And and you mentioned that just a minute ago, uh, how important it is to understand not only what a spiritual gift is, but what its purpose uh, what its purpose is. And so why, why would you say it's important, and obviously this may be an obvious question, but why would you say it's important uh, that the purpose of the gift as geared towards the edification of the church uh, and not geared towards the building up of ourselves? Yeah, I mean, that's not a hard thing to understand, but it's so important because, you know, as you know, David, a lot of times when we talk about gifts, we can begin to focus on ourselves. And we, and we can begin to stare at ourselves. And that's just a constant temptation in our lives anyway, no matter what we do. And so we can begin, uh, God has given us all gifts. I think everybody has spiritual gifts, but we can begin to, to stare at ourselves, wonder how we're doing. What, what, so, you know, Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 12, right? We can become depressed and feel mm-hmm. inferior. How oh, I don't match. Right. Or we can become arrogant and feel superior. But Paul says the gift isn't really about yourself. It's, it's about helping others. It's about edifying and building up and strengthening the church. So just as in our daily walk, our eyes aren't to be on ourselves, but on Jesus, when it comes to the gift, our eyes aren't to be on ourselves, but on, but on building up others. And, and I think that's only possible, right, as we're being filled with the Spirit, strengthened by God. Certainly. We're, we're living to glorify God. So it's, yeah, it's other centered instead of uh, uh, self centered. You know, the conversation about spiritual gifts among Christians has been going on really since the earliest days of the church. And I think all Christians, or I, I, that's probably an assumption, but I think all Christians recognize and affirm the presence of the gifts among believers. But the disagreement begins over some of the more miraculous gifts, particularly things like prophecy, tongues, healings, miracles. Um, And there's kind of, and I'll set this up for our listeners, there's two primary camps in the conversation. Uh, Continuationists uh, are those who believe that all of the gifts that Paul mentions in the New Testament exist to this day. Uh, And then there are those who are cessationists who believe that certain gifts uh, particularly the more miraculous gifts have ceased in the present age. Would, would you say that's a, a fair assessment of the the two camps? Yeah, absolutely. And so in your book, you define your position as a nuanced cessationism, and you're drawing primarily upon Paul's teaching from Ephesians 2.20. And so how would you define and maybe unpack a little bit for us this kind of nuanced cessationism? 
Yeah, well, I would say the church, so if you mentioned Ephesians 2.20, the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. And I, I understand that to be the New Testament apostles, the 12, and, and maybe a few others, like James, the brother of Jesus, I think was an apostle, maybe Barnabas, a few more. And then the prophets there are the New Testament prophets. That's really important to see, and I think that's confirmed if you want to look at this up in your Bible, in Ephesians 3, 5. It's not talking about the church being built on the foundation of the apostles and Old Testament prophets, but the apostles and the New Testament prophets. So I, I'm arguing that, look, that, that foundation has been laid. We don't have apostles and prophets anymore who give new revelation. So apostles and prophets both spoke authoritative, inerrant, infallible words. So, so in that sense, I'm arguing those gifts have ceased. We don't, mm. we don't have apostles anymore like that. We don't have prophets anymore like that. Um, I say I'm a nuanced cessationist because when it comes to signs, wonders, and miracles, not, not apostles and prophets, but when it comes to signs, wonders, and miracles, I think God may be pleased uh, in cutting-edge missionary situations. I've heard stories about this. I mean, I can't verify them. That, but God may be pleased in those cutting-edge missionary situations to do the kinds of signs, wonders, and miracles he did in the early church. So, you know, that, that's nuanced because I still think some of the gifts have passed away, always. I, I don't think there's any authoritative prophets or apostles today or since the time of the New Testament. But the signs, wonders, and miracles, perhaps we've had some instances where they're like what we saw in the New Testament period. I think you would probably agree with this, that one of the misconceptions of the cessationist view is that exactly what you just said, that all cessationists believe that miracles and healings have totally ceased in the present church age. Uh, and though most cessationists would not say, I don't think that miracles or healings have totally ceased, specifically, as you just said a minute ago, in some frontier mission capacity. Um, but but as a kind of in the thinking about a nuanced cessationism, how should we think about healings and miracles in the present age? Should, should Christians pray for these things? Uh, what is the way that we should maybe think about some of these miraculous gifts uh, in, in, in the present church age? Yeah. Now I, I have questions about whether, whether there are people today who still have those gifts. Does someone have a gift of healing? Does someone mm. have a gift of miracles? You know, I tend to think now, in a way, it doesn't matter as much to me because I don't think those gifts communicate new revelation. Mm. But so let's just assume for the sake of argument that I'm right. Nobody has the gift of healing or miracles today. But that doesn't mean, and I think a lot of continuationists don't understand many cessationists like me, that doesn't mean that we still don't pray for healings, right? for God to do miracles. So we may, I don't believe that anybody in our church has a gift of, of healing, but when someone is sick, we, we, we have as elders gathered around and we even anointed with oil. I don't think you have to use the oil, someone who had cancer in our mm. church. And we prayed, we prayed for God, God to heal him. So, um, yeah. And I, I think healings like that, dramatic healings, I think they're relatively rare, but I think they happen. Sure. I think God's, God still heals today. God is still active today. So 
you know, some people hear the word cessationist, nuanced or not, and think, oh, well, you don't believe in any miracles. But right. I, do, I do believe there can be miracles and healings. And I think God does that today. You know, one of the things that I appreciate about this book and, and just really about your, your, your teaching and scholarship, Dr. Schreiner, is that you say very early in the book, listen, I, I could be wrong about this. Uh, and, and I think that takes a great humility to be able to say that. And in fact, you dedicate the book to three friends of yours, uh, Wayne Grudem, John Piper, and Sam Storms. And in the book, you mention that all three of these friends and brothers disagree in some form or fashion with your interpretation of the Bible's teaching on the spiritual gifts. Um, and yet, I think despite your disagreements, you all are able to charitably discuss your disagreements in a very friendly, Christ-like manner. And we're living in an age where almost the worst thing you can do to someone is to disagree with them, mm-hmm. right? We're living in this kind of increasingly polarized and polemical society. And so, in your opinion, how can the conversation around spiritual gifts actually help believers to shape their ability to have charitable discourse and disagreement? Yeah, I mean, I just think one way to do that um, is, is to say, look, uh, these people are, are, are fine and wonderful Christians, too. You know, um, even if you don't say, I mean, I can think of issues where I, I don't think I'm wrong. I don't think I'm wrong on baptism. But I love Presbyterians who love the Lord, so and, I, and I and I want to co-labor with them in the gospel, not in a local church. We're gonna we're gonna differ there, but we don't demonize one another. We celebrate we celebrate what God is doing, and I think we can do that on spiritual gifts. We don't we don't have to say uh, these people who disagree with us are somehow heretical. Mm-hmm. Now now I, I do want to say. Right there are there are elements of the charismatic movement out there that are heretical, but that's but that's not someone like Piper, right? Or, certainly, or Storms. Those guys are fully orthodox. So, so we we've got to be discerning, right? You usually it's heretical if it's kind of a health wealth gospel. God promises always to heal you, um, and so forth and so on. So we we've got to use discernment whether someone is teaching a, a, a false doctrine. But, you know, the, the world, the world uh, and, and, and honestly, those who are discipling, they, they pick up, they pick up if we have a spirit of pride, mm. of boastfulness. Are we, really, are we really arguing this because of the truth or is it our own pride? Mm. And I think people can pick up. Oh, no. And uh, that's something we all have to watch. No, you're, you're just getting like this because you're on pride. Yeah, certainly. Well, Dr. Schreiner, this has been uh, helpful for our church and, and helpful for me. And uh, I just want to say to our listeners that you can purchase a copy of Dr. Schreiner's book, Spiritual Gifts, What They Are and Why They Matter, or any of his other books at most major online retailers, including Amazon Lifeway or wherever it is that you buy your books. You can also learn more about Dr. Schreiner's writing and scholarship at Southern Seminary's website, sbts.edu. Dr. Schreiner, thank you so much for writing this helpful book and for your time on the podcast today. It's been great being with you, David. God bless your ministry. And a special thank you to you, the members of Lake Mary Baptist Church, and to all of our listeners. Remember, this podcast and the other ministries of Lake Mary Baptist Church are brought to you by the generous tithes and offerings of our church membership. To give to the ministries of Lake Mary Baptist Church, you can follow the link in the description. 
For more information about Lake Murray Baptist Church, you can always visit our church website, www.lakemurraybc.org. Remember to subscribe to this podcast. By subscribing, you'll be notified whenever a new pod is posted. We hope that you'll join us again next time as we seek to live in light of the gospel in the places where God has placed us for his glory, our joy, and others' good.